Hi, I'm Janet Shield Scott, and you're listening to JanetFitBeautyStyle.com, a lifestyle talk guide with expert advice on beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. Hello, and welcome to each and every one of you. I am so glad you could be here today. Truly, I am. Because today's guest is a Emmy Award winning sports journalist. You have seen his work on Fox Sports One, Mr. Mike Hill. But first, let's listen to our inspiring quote for today. Being rejected from something could actually mean being redirected to something better. We'll be right back. Sports fans, PassPros.com has it all. Baseball, basketball, hockey, and soccer. Get autographs and memorabilia direct from former pro athletes. Don't forget to check out the upcoming events page for special events near you. PassPros.com offers t-shirts, athletic gear, artwork, vintage cards. Log on to PassPros.com. Let's congratulate Mr. Hill on saying I do to his new show on Netflix and his engagement to Atlanta Housewives star Cynthia Bailey. Let's bring Mike on. Let's not waste another moment. Hello, Mike Hill. I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, And on behalf of me and the listeners, we'd like to... um, Again, congratulate you on the Emmy, which is a sports journalist Emmy, and then the new show, which is called Hyperdrive, right? Yes, ma'am. It is. Been on the air. Yep. And your your engagement to Cynthia Bailey. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to first start off talking about your new show on Netflix. Now, you're still going to be on Fox Sports 1 as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still with Fox Sports 1. Uh, the Netflix show is something I actually shot a year ago back in August, and it's a competition show. Uh, it's like Fast and the Furious meets uh, American Ninja Warrior. And I've been doing this um, in this business of broadcasting for about 24, 25 years, and it's the most exciting thing I've ever worked on in my life. Uh, so it came out August 21st, uh, 10 episodes, real raw, real exciting. Uh, real adrenaline building, anxiety builds up, great story backgrounds, these drivers who aren't celebrity athletes, just really common people who are driving their own cars and modifying them the way they want to around this obstacle course from hell. So it, it's a lot of fun. So if you got Netflix, I, I would definitely suggest you check it out. All right. Now, who came up with this idea? Uh, well, this a company called Round Rock. Uh, they're a production company, a guy named Aaron Catlin. Uh, is one of the producers on the show, and uh, he was somebody I was actually going to work with on another project uh, that didn't work out. But then this came up, and he thought about me, and, and he brought me in to, to host it, and it came down to me and somebody else. And I got it like the last second, and once again, it was a, a thrill to be able to do that. Shot up in Rochester, New York last year, and uh, Aaron is this, this, this phenomenal guy and that has this great imagination and uh, you know like I said if you, if you look at all the comments on social media and all the comments on IMDB when they're talking about hyperdrive you'll just see like 90% of the comments have been extraordinary and they can't wait to see it again. 
Yeah, it seems pretty daring because I read where the drivers are driving in the dark. along the way because that can make even if you have headlights that can still make it pretty dark <laughs> yeah they, 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 they lit it like a set it was more like a movie set so it's like yeah they had a couple of street lights but at the same time they brought in their own little lights to set up this uh, temporary obstacle course we shot it at the old Kodak uh, factory in Rochester New York and on the um, old parking lot or whatever they cleared it all out and they just put up the lights and whatnot and they lit the course well enough so that you can see it. Uh, the drivers got around it uh, pretty easily and pretty fair and, and it, was, it wasn't bad at all for them. So, uh, and, and as long as you can see it on television, that's all that really matters. And those guys, they saw it while they were driving around the course. And it was, like I said, it was a great watch. Yeah, now are you a daredevil driver yourself? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I am actually the I used to be, but then I realized that my, my uh, insurance prices and my insurance policy go up. And now that I got two daughters that's driving as well as teenagers, you know, I, I'm trying to keep my weight down. So I haven't had a ticket knock on wood in a long period of time. So I usually kind of drive the speed limit, which is crazy because one of the reasons that uh, Cynthia started liking me in the beginning, she said, because I wasn't like a crazy driver. Um, so that was one of the notches in my belt to kind of give me some danger that I was a not necessarily a safe, safe driver, but I was a cautious driver and made sure I abided by the rules. I wasn't going 20 miles over the speed limit. I might go 5 to 10, but I'm not going to go 20, 25, or 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you must remain that role model for your teenage daughters as well. <laughs> and they're crazy drivers. So oh. I don't know where they got their driving skills from. Like my oldest daughter, she's already like, I got her a car three years ago, and in the first six months, she had two accidents. Luckily, nobody got hurt, <laughs> but she's one of the reasons that I'm very cautious when I'm driving my car now. How old is she? My mm-hmm. car insurance because of her. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to wait till she gets out of college. Uh, that's the main thing I'm going to cut her off first is, like, once I pay for the car, you have to pay for your own insurance because daddy just can't afford you no more. So, uh, <laughs> but she, <laughs> my second one, now, you know, she just got her car earlier this year. She's been pretty good so far, so, you know, and then, of course, my, my, my bonus daughter, Noelle, well, she, she, yeah, she's pretty cool when she drives. I'll say that, but I'll let her mom talk about that. And how old are your daughters? My daughter's, uh, my oldest is 20. Uh, she just turned 20 in August. Noelle will be 20 in November. And uh, Kayla is Kayla's 17. She'll be 18 in December, December 30th. She just started UCLA. Freshman mm-hmm. year at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, all right, uh, and then you said that's the new shows on Netflix, so people can tune in for that as we speak, right? Yes, yes, and also I have a new show that a lot of people don't know about that's being developed. We had uh, some test runs uh, back in, in April, May that went well. It was called Fox in the World Dead, and we just found out the name of the show, the new show, today as a matter of fact. So you're the first person I'm telling publicly about this. There's going to be a new streaming show Woo-hoo. that is going to be, yeah, new streaming show on Fox that Fox is developing a new streaming channel, a new streaming network uh, that is catered to the African-American community. We're going to call it Fox Soul. Uh, we're going to have a couple of uh, programs on Fox Soul. One of them is going to be 
show that I was the host of, along with a couple of people here in the LA area. Uh, and we're going to be talking about everything that's happening or impacting the black community. Uh, you know, talking about the presidential election, we might talk about the Cotton 6 9 and intermission, or we can talk about what's going on in the entertainment or the fashion world. So that's supposed to launch uh, in October sometime. And of course, check me out on my uh, my Instagram page or my Twitter at It's My Kill, and I give you more details of exactly when it's going to be coming out. But I'm excited about that too. Okay, great. And if you need any correspondence, just let me know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We got you. Yeah, we will definitely use. For sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, go on and talk about your um, engagement to Cynthia. Now, you guys met on the Steve Harvey show, and just briefly yeah. tell the listeners how that happened. Yeah, well, I, I was working, I was doing a show on Fox Sports Radio with my co-host, Steve Shalom, uh, and he was just going to break. He said, hey, man, what you ever think about going on a dating show? Because he knew I was a bachelor out here in East Coast for a long period of time. I was not going to get married again after the second marriage. There was no way in the world. 
could have been Oprah meets Holly Berry and I wasn't going to get married. <laughs> this wasn't going to happen. But this woman just, she, she, we connected. And I, I said I wasn't in love. I'm not saying I've never said I was in love, but I wasn't in love because I didn't know being in love was. Mainly because I wasn't in love with myself. Obviously, I, the things that I did, some of the transgressions that happened that I'm, I'm writing in my book, Open Mic, that you'll be out be able to see yeah, in there, and I'm opening up about uh, all the past things and the things that I made in my life and some of the things that kind of molded me and shaped me to the person and made me the person that I am today or the, the uh, trials and tribulations I had to go through just to become the man that I am today. I wrote about in that book, so I'm not hiding from that type of stuff. But some of the things that I did in those marriages, uh, some of the ways I acted in those marriages, I couldn't have been in love uh, because I didn't know what being in love entailed. You know, you can say it all you want to, but if you don't feel it, if your actions don't say it or speak it uh, with your saying, don't match what you're saying, then you're not. And it took me writing that book and actually having some self-therapy, realizing that I actually needed to get some professional help uh, to make me realize that I wasn't in love with anybody. And I also realized that after writing that book, that I had a block, something that happened to me when I was a teenager, that I've been holding on for over 30 years, that uh, until I got past that, I wasn't able to give somebody fully all of my love. So when I say I was in love, and Cynthia's the first person that I've been in love with, madly in love with, truly in love with, she's the first one that I've actually been able to fall and let go and know that she's going to catch me because I didn't trust anybody before because mainly I didn't trust myself. Wow. Okay, what kind of block did you have as a teenager? Well, it's in, it's in the book, but it was something. The first woman I was, first girl I was told I love, first one, and said it sincerely. Uh, She's my girlfriend. I just felt it. I just, all my heart, and I just poured it out, and I just put it online. I said, I think I love you. And she looked at me like I was half crazy. And she said it. And I just, I know I was, I was 15 years old, about to go on 16. I know I was young. And, People say, well, how could you hold on to something like that? It does. It has an effect on you. Things that happen in your life. To me, that was trauma. This is the first time I really opened up and just poured my heart out. And this girl at the time looked at me like I was crazy. And then two days later, I found that we broke up. And I didn't know we was broken up until we got back to school. And she was walking down the hallway with another guy. And so ever since then, I was like, you know, I could never allow myself to open up. I could never allow myself to pour my heart out to somebody. I'm not saying that I didn't tell somebody I love or have feelings with somebody, but I couldn't fully give it everything. I couldn't fully just, like, let go because I always felt like I had to have something holding on. I had to have a security blanket. I had to have that that uh, break glass in case of emergency fire things should have put something out. So there was always something that I, just in case a woman wanted to hurt me, I was going to have something on the side just to say, you know what, mm -mm. you ain't going to hurt me. So even if you disappoint me, I'm already taken care of because I got this security blanket over here. I got this parachute that I'm well, uh, willing to open up at any particular time. And that didn't happen until after I wrote the book and realized what I was going through. And it didn't happen, luckily, until, uh, you know, I was with Cynthia Bailey. And she allowed me to open up. And she forced me, in a sense, to open up a little bit more because I was writing a book. Uh, when I met her, I probably wouldn't be in this relationship. I know I wouldn't be in this relationship if I hadn't written that book because um, I needed the therapy. And I think there's a lot of things that's happening in our community, especially in the black community. We have a stigma that we want to admit when we need help. And that's one of the reasons I want to write this book because I want to encourage 
realize that they're going through that know they might need to talk to somebody to work some things out to get the help or the encouragement that they need. Okay, and you feel that uh, putting it into words was part of your therapy as well. It was. It was like when I started writing this book, I started writing this book back in, actually like five years ago. So I'm just like, you know what, write some of your memoirs because you, what you've been through in your life, a lot of people don't realize, not just your marriages, the ups and downs in your career, uh, the things that you saw as a kid, the abuse your mom went through from her, not only your biological father, but your, your stepfather, my first memory in my life is my mom getting her ass whipped by my, by my biological father, then find out my biological, my stepfather raised me, loved me, cared about me, uh, gave me his last name or whatever, found out that he was a hitman, and spent the last nine years of his life in jail for murder for hire. All these things, I need to write these things down. People are telling me, hey, that's an interesting story right now. So I started writing it in 2014, and then I put it to the side to even think about it. And then in 2017, for some reason, God was on my heart. God said, you know what? I, I, I had so much on the inside. That I, on, the, on the outside, I looked happy. I felt happy. I was putting it out there that I was happy, good life, whatever. But on the inside, I was miserable. I was dying, and I didn't know why. And when I started writing this book, I felt so much relief of that pressure, of that anxiety, of that pain. I felt like I was regurgitating. I felt like I was throwing up. Excuse my language. I felt like I was getting it all out of my system every time I would write. So in 2017, once I started writing again, I could not stop writing. I stopped going out as much when I was on the road. I had to write down. I had to write at least a chapter a night, do something, just to kind of get these thoughts out of my head. And it became my therapy. Uh, it's something I probably should have been talking to uh, a, a professional a person about. But writing those words down or writing those feelings down, getting them out of my head, getting them out of my mind, out of my emotions, that was the therapy I needed. And once I completed it, I felt so much pressure lifted off me. And I promise you on everything right now that I have not had one worry. I'm not saying I haven't had a couple of anxieties or issues that's come up. But I have not had one worry ever since that day that I completed that book. Wow, and then almost it's kind of like taking a journal and making that into a book. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it basically was. It was my memoir. It was my journal. It was things that I saw. Things, uh, once again, another thing was you know, my best friend at the time and being killed because um, he chose the life of you know, he's selling drugs or whatever, whatnot, but he got killed in a drive-by shooting or whatever, and losing that. You know, the, 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 the uh, lessons that my grandmother taught me and my mom taught me, despite the things that she went through or whatnot, you know, the ups and downs of my career and the ego that I had. A lot of people just, they look at me now and they see me with Cynthia and they say, oh, he's such a great guy. And, oh, my God, Cynthia, does he have a brother? And you know, does he have relatives? Can you hook me up with somebody like you? Well, five years ago, you wouldn't have wanted somebody like me. You really wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And the reason I called it open mic is because I'm being open about that. I'm letting you know that despite this image that I have, where I had at the time, because I've always kind of had that image or whatever, I was living a life that was, was just right because I didn't love myself. But I put out there that I didn't love myself, that I cared about myself. A little bit cocky, as a matter of fact. People look at me as like, oh, you got you're this great dad, you love your daughters, and yes. I've always loved my daughters, but I didn't know how to be a father. I had to learn how to be a father. Now I had to become a good father until about five weeks years ago, to be quite honest with you. I just had to learn it because nobody was there to teach me those things. And I'm not blaming anybody else. It was 
my lifestyle is where I was I grew up. There were some, some, some decisions that I made along the way that I could have helped, but I didn't, and I knew right and wrong at that particular time. So but you were kind of there was a lot of things. You were kind of like it, a troubled teen, also. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say I was a troubled teen. I, I, I didn't really get in a lot of trouble. I stayed out of trouble, but there are certain things that I did have a team that you know, somebody would have made the right decision or the wrong decision. I should say at that time. I could be in jail, to be quite honest with you. And no, there were certain things because I did not know any better. It was, I hate to see it was the culture because people look at right now, we, we got to understand we're in 2019 and we live in the day of the internet and Google and you can see everything and everything is online and you can see how other people live elsewhere and whatnot. So a lot of times kids these days, even though they make mistakes, there are a lot of things at their disposal that can educate them or get more education on certain things, whatever they read. You got to understand, I grew up in the 80s. When I grew up as a teenager in the 80s, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have all those things. But we were still looking at encyclopedias. That was our book back then. Right. And if you didn't have a, a great male role model in your life to teach you some of these things along the way, you were going to make mistakes based on what your friends were doing that you thought were, was cool. And some of my friends made a lot of mistakes. And I thought, okay, well, since they're doing it, this is cool. People like them, I have to abide by that and do the same thing. I mean, we're talking about the E2 movement right now. Honestly, you read my book, you'll see that I was a decision away from being part of that myself when I was a teenager. And I'm saying I'm putting it out there, and yeah, it's going to be dangerous for, you know, my, my livelihood, my career, but I feel like this is something I need to tell. And I'm not afraid to speak my truth because it is my truth. And if, if it has ramifications from it, then so be it. But I don't want people to look at me and say, well, he lives this, you know, this great life and blah, 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 and his energy is pristine or whatever. No, I went through something. I think the best ministers, the best preachers, the pastors that you have aren't the ones that basically just grew up through the church and preached about God and love God all the time or whatever. But the ones that kind of went there can, can, can talk to a sinner, can tell them what mistakes they made and how they changed their lives. They can reach the sinners a little bit better, in my opinion. And so I feel like there are a lot of kids out there that's like me that might not even know better, or even adults that might not know better, that think that this is cool, that's great. No, that ain't cool, that ain't great. This is what I had to overcome to get to where I am. Uh, once again, one of my favorite uh, scriptures is First Corinthians 13, 13 chapter, I think it's 11 verse. Like when I was a child, I thought of the child, I was still a child, I was a child, but when I came and what you that's what I had to go through. When I, became, when I finally decided to become a man, I decided I needed to put away some childish things. And even though I still act childish at times, I put away those childish things and I can gladly and proudly call myself a man. Yeah, well, I think there's a little bit of childishness in all of us. And there's nothing wrong with having that happy-go-lucky type uh, attitude. But um, now you and uh, Cynthia have a long-distance relationship. Can you give people advice that have long-distance relationships uh, on how that could possibly, or how that does work since you're engaged? Yeah, one of the things Cynthia and I learned something from was, uh, obviously, she's a, her castmate is Eva Martell, and she's married to a guy named Michael Sterling. They had a long-distance relationship before they got married. She was out here in L.A. He was in Atlanta, ironically, the same situation. And they told us about a two-week rule that we couldn't go more than two weeks without seeing each other. Maybe I had to come there, she had to come here, uh, come here. Uh, and so we, we, we did that for the longest time. And then, you know, our schedule got busy. I was on the road, she was on the road, or whatever, so we weren't able to see each other. But one thing about us is we have constant communication. There is 
far as like a man is concerned, like I, I'm the type of person that I believe in, in, in being, you know, I like old fashioned, don't get me wrong, right? but if you're going to be old fashioned, don't be old fashioned just when it comes to me paying a bill or me <laughs> paying for the check when we go out to dinner or whatever. Right? I, I hate old fashioned, I hate part time old fashioned women. I do. Because some women are old fashioned. I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to be keeping real. This is your show. Uh, some women are old fashioned when it's when it's beneficial to them. Like, I won't pay for a meal. Okay, you don't have to pay for a meal. I don't mind paying for the meal. But after the third or fourth date, you think about inviting me to your house to make me a sandwich or maybe making me dinner one night. That's old fashioned, right? Would you say that? So don't be part time old fashioned because we understand that type of stuff because we know we live in a day and age, especially dating out here in LA, where we don't mind picking up a check. A real man doesn't mind picking up a check. But after the fourth or fifth date, if you ain't even acknowledging that the check is there and you ain't saying, Can I buy coffee? Can I get dessert? You're always doing this. You're so nice. Thank you. Whatever. You just take it for granted. Men realize that. We recognize that. And that could be detrimental. Not saying that you got to pick it up or buy anybody anything, but the acknowledgement, the appreciation sometimes for a man when he's doing something nice for you in the beginning, that goes a long way. And the same thing for a man when it comes to a woman. If a woman does something for a man, to say they're dating and she buys them some nice shoes and Louis Vuitton shoes or whatever, acknowledge every time you put those Louis Vuitton shoes, every, I'm doing that because this is something personal for me. Acknowledge every time you put those Louis Vuitton shoes on, you need to tell her, I just love my Louis Vuitton shoes. I just love them. And I'm wearing them today. So that goes a long way too. So it's just constant communication, maintaining your integrity, and just keeping it real when it comes to what type of person you are. Okay, what do you both do for uh, as a couple for self care? For self care, hers is uh, much more extensive than mine. I will say that because she just, but she's just so beautiful. Obviously, you see her. Uh, her self care, she just she, we moisturize. I will say that one thing. Uh, we both get compliment compliments for our skin, so I think moisturizing is key as a black person. Well, I mean, do you like maybe uh, go to a spa together, or couple massages, or things that you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we definitely do couple massages. We go and get facials together. Uh, there are other things. I don't, I don't know. There's, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that's on television. What I'm almost fifty years old. There are things that we do as far as like uh, uh, get fillers. Uh, no Botox here and there. Ain't really hurting anybody. To be quite honest with you, I'm not suggesting everybody does it or whatever. But she's admitted to doing that, and I'm not. Adverse to having it done myself. Sometimes you just look a little sleepy on jobs. We both travel a lot, so sometimes you need a little bit of maintenance. But just self care, making sure that you eat the right things, you drink a lot of water, and we we both make sure that we look out for one another when it comes to our physical health, and our exercise, and what we eat. Now we we hold each other accountable when it comes to that. All right, and what are your social handles so that people know when uh, your projects are coming out? Uh, my social handle uh, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram is it's Mike Hill, ITS Mike Hill. Okay. All right. So your book, Open Mike, and you've been very open, so it's uh, appropriately titled. <laughs> and when is that yeah. coming out? That's coming out sometime this, uh, this winter. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit before December. I think we're going to do some pre-orders in November and December. Uh, and then it might be coming out the last part of December, maybe just in time for Christmas or right in time for Christmas. All right, and then you said uh, then your show, the Hyperdrive, and then you have the other soul. 
forgot what you said. Yeah, so it's Hyperdrive, still on Netflix. Been streaming since the 21st going very well. Please continue to support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Fox Soul that's coming out in October to stream the show on Fox. That, uh, that'll that, be coming out sometime in October. Yeah, that I'll be a, a correspondent on. <laughs> you, you'll be a correspondent. So we'll definitely look that up. And uh, also on uh, I'm still at Fox and Fox Sports 1. And Cynthia and I also doing you know, um, a, a game show together. We, we met on a dating show. Uh, so we're developing and creating a game date show. Oh, uh, right. That we have to develop a deal with, too. So we're, we're, we're trying to stay busy. Part of the empire. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yes, and, you know, we'll continue to love, laugh, and live your life with style. Thank Absolutely. you for Thank but, you so much. Thank you for being a part of the Janet Shield Scott podcast. Alright, take care. Bye bye. Let's take a moment to relax. Take a deep breath. Inhale and exhale. Again, inhale and exhale. One more. Inhale and exhale. As you go throughout the day, stop. Take a pause chill and relax. Please keep in mind that all things which are impossible with man are possible with God. You've been listening to a Janet Shield Scott podcast, a division of JanetFeeBeautyStyle.com, your beauty, entertainment, and lifestyle expert talk guide. I'm Janet Shield Scott, columnist, radio, and TV host. Like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, oh, and YouTube. For more fun and informative guests and celebrity interviews, log on to the website JanetPitBeautyStyle.com. Remember to love, laugh, and live your life with style.